Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at U-D-Pod. Follow the entire MTR Network at, you guessed it, the MTR Network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere to your podcast for absolutely free 99. You did it, guys. You reached the halfway point. That's right. Podcast Week 2023. Two days are in the can. Three more days await you. But right now you're listening to the dulcet sounds of our day three. We're going to be talking about the NBA in a second. First off on day one, I want to send a special thank you out to my much better half, Susan, for sitting and talking to me about all things sports, including but not limited to Victor Wambanyama's security, roughing up Britney Spears, among other things. Second, day two, we had Chad on to talk about college football. But to talk about college football, you have to talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. It's a great world we live in. I don't know how I'll raise my son to be pessimistic with all this here winning, but we'll figure out a way. We're now here at day three. And could I have brought him on to talk college football and make fun of the Gators? Of course I could have. Could I have had him on to bring on, talk about NFL football, talk about and make fun of his uh, Tennessee Titans, excuse me? Of course I could have. But then I want to take the opportunity and shine a spotlight, the first ever international spotlight on San Antonio, Texas, when you can move. From Paris, France, to San Antonio, Texas, and someone call it an upgrade, we've truly entered Americana. We've got Justin Jones. What's up, Justin? You know, uh, Victor is just continuing the fine tradition of Boris Diaw, uh, Tony Parker, uh, Nicholas Batoon, you know. It, it, it's, fine, it's, a, it's a pipeline, you see. We have a pipe. It's the, Fran, it's the Paris to San Antonio pipeline. Can I get real recklessly speculative for a second? Like... Go for any it. idea that I know what I'm talking about out the window for the next few seconds? Go for it. It does seem fucking strange that he's a spy. <laughs> like, the jokes are the jokes, and the NBA is rigged. But one, there's not a better franchise probably for him to go to. Like, as far as his personal professional development, like, it's not a bad thing. But also, like, come on. Can you imagine if Houston got that pick? Dog, like, I'm just saying, like, there are way more entertaining places for him to end up. Yeah. uh, I was honestly scared that Charlotte was going to get the number one overall pick. Because if Charlotte had it, because Charlotte had effectively said, you know what, we'll settle for the two or three. We're going to get Miller or Henderson. We're fine either way. If they had got the number one pick, and then they'd be like, wait, we have a chance to get Vic? They would have gone basketball reasons on y'all's asses. Ain't no way they'd have let Vic go to Charlotte. Michael Jordan would have been like, hold on, maybe I don't want to sell the team. Maybe. No, the price of the brick just went up, baby. <laughs> Negotiation is reopened. <laughs> that ain't gave... Why didn't you sign until now? No reason. Don't worry about it. The, uh, the, the paperwork. You know, it's, it's with my lawyer. You know, I just got to go over there to sign it. Just wait like. The paperwork's oh. in escrow. That's not how escrow works. Quiet, you. Like. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Before we get started, you brought up escrow, so I have to bring up the funniest escrow story ever. Oh, no. The then Oakland Raiders could not re-sign Khalil Mack because they did not have the cash on hand to put in escrow for his guaranteed contract because they gave John Gruden all that money. That will remain one of the funniest stories about that franchise. And we're going to talk about it tomorrow on day four with NFL to Nata. We do talk a lot about the commander's nonsense. I'll say this. It cost them a lot of money, yes. It's about to cost them so much more money than they thought. 
All because Dan Snyder thought he was being helpful. No, it, and the thing is, there's like eight people holding smoking guns and no one wants to snitch on anyone else. You know, no, the, the last gasp of Dan Snyder trying to throw the smoke screen out. <laughs> Who leaked this to the press? But, but we don't care. There's too many suspects. You're right. Stop being unlikable. You're one of the suspects, Dan. So. <laughs> and this is what gets him out the paint. Not stealing yeah. from his partners. No. Not the, the decades-long sexual assault. It was the I can't I'm so excited for you to listen to this podcast now, but it is in, indeed the blackmail PowerPoint um, that ended Dan Snyder's time as an NFL owner, which is essentially royalty in this country. But you know we're, you're here to talk NBA, damn it. We're gonna focus. Yes. We're gonna drill down. We're gonna celebrate things that have gone well in the off season. We're gonna talk about some things that have gone stranger in the off season. But first and foremost, I want to talk about some of the changes at ESPN. Jeff Van Gundy gone. Mark Jackson gone. Doris Burke potentially working the finals. I don't cheer for anyone ever to get fired. I will cheer for Doris possibly getting the spotlight. Yeah, Doris Burke. I feel like people get very weird when Doris Burke covers games. I don't, un well, okay, part of me understands it. Like the base level, you know, basic misogyny, woman on TV talking my sports, rah, rah. Okay, that part, I understand that part, and that's wrong. But every time the discourse TM comes up around Doris Burke, I feel like there's something else underlying it that makes me feel super uncomfortable, more so I than... Thought, I thought she had cut through the hater, like even through the uh, the bigot army to like, oh, yeah, Doris is great at this. That, so I would think so too. Like, I, I, I always enjoy Doris Burke on my TV. I enjoy when she gets to call WNBA games. Yeah. Um, she she perfectly voices my frustrations with the Mystics. Just outright refusal to run an offensive set. She's like, why aren't they Hey, watching play? them lose to the Dream on Sunday in person was fantastic. I mean, you the fact that it took y'all that long to put away a team with one why starter. How dare you? We have one starter. Uh, September 8th. Everyone's back. If, we're back at September 8th. That's all I got to say. September 8th. We'll see. I'm sure we will. Go on. <laughs> but no, Doris Burke covering the finals. That's going to be great. She she is really good at this. I don't know who they're going to pair her with. I hope they pair her with Hubie Brown. That's also the rumor hard. is um, who's the white man they kept? Mike Green and uh, Doc Rivers. Interesting. Okay. My distaste for Doc Rivers will be outweighed by my love of Doris Burke. I've decided that already. Well, Mike, Mike Breen, I gotta have Mike Breen just because at this point, Bang is like Bang yeah. is Americana at this point. So, hey, welcome to America, y'all. But it's so, crazy because, like, even as like I celebrate Doris getting this call up, you look around, particularly the NBA coverage where they've been chasing inside the NBA for twenty years. They're like, how can we can't get this right because you're ESPN and you're producing things? Um, but like you look at all these firings, the mass layoffs, we talked about the season on day one, but like the reason it's happening is because at one point ESPN promised sports all the times and then the rights fees came and they lost the right to a lot of those live sports that they, that they inadvertently increased the value of by featuring them so heavily. And now the NBA off season has turned into a soap opera and summer league, which used to be a thing talked about in NBA circles in like an inset and slam magazine. 
Now Summer League's a movie. And this isn't a recent thing with Summer League. No. Like, th- this isn't just a, oh, you know, Scoot is here, Brandon Miller is here, Vic is here. No, Summer League has been slowly becoming the thing. Like, summer basketball is a thing. Like, we are, we are getting... We're getting very close to year-round NBA, which, for me personally, I enjoy my NBA. So this is fine for me. I don't know how the rest of the public is going to feel consuming all of this basketball when I don't know if they're equipped to consume all of this basketball, right? Like, especially when we start getting to the regular season, it's like, okay, well, why do these games matter? It's like, well, no, regular season does matter. And we have the the not Commissioner's Cup. I forget what the, the NBA version of the Commissioner's Cup is, but we're going to have that tournament now. It, it's the Commissioner's Cup from the WNBA. That's all it is. Look, look, y'all can second guess this tournament if you want to. How many times has Adam Silver truly missed? Oh, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm saying I understand why he cheated off of Kathy's homework. If they want to treat the WNBA as a test kitchen, yes, I'm yes. all for it. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh shit, numbers go up, people be watching, get some new rivalries renewed. Let's run it back with these teams, man. A good yeah. any idea that's good enough worth celebrating is an idea worth stealing. And so, I am. I don't know. I'm curious to see how we all deal with this all this nba all the time all these these new nba things that's ultimately just going to boil down to a postseason where boston fails to get out of the second round again and i'm boston on my short list of interesting nba teams so what we've done here is i've divided the nba east west i've got four teams in each that i think had super interesting interesting off seasons that allow us to talk about some other teams by proxy but i do want to start at home because you and i are fans first I don't think you're an overreactor, but I got to know how you feel with the Victor, I ain't scared of the physicality, summer league quotes. I remember being 19 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being dumb and 19 years old. I mean, like what? On the one hand, what is he supposed to say? Right. But on the other hand, he believed, like I saw, I'm like, oh no, he believed this shit. Okay. I mean, kudos to your confidence, young man, but, uh, you know, but you're we'll supposed see. to feel that in 19 as the number one yeah. overall pick, as someone who's dominated every little like if he was like, no, nah, I'm a little shook, like that's the there's your red flag. Right. So I think there's gonna be an adjustment period. Um I've I've seen some Homer blogs be like, oh yeah, you know, they're making the play in this year, 40 wins, easy. I'm like, this team won. We barely won, what was it, 19 games? If this I think team... this is going to be transformative for you guys, but I think, yeah, it's now time looking in year one, and that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. I think that this is going to be a developmental year for him as far as adjustment, and it's not like he's got to get used to big city life in San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> that's the other thing. Um, also, not just for Vic, this is going to be a developmental year for that whole roster and, t- and figuring out what lineups work, what's the best way to use Victor, who's the best players to pair with him, who of our young core is going to come off of the bench? It's sounding like Keldon Johnson, which I don't think that's the right call, but I understand why Keldon would be the odd man out. So so basically the, the issue they have is 
out of Jeremy Sohan, Victor Webinyama, Keldon Johnson, one of them has to sit. You cannot start all three of them. That That is just, at no point in time can all three of them be on the court at the same time. That is bad. So I get why Keldon would be the odd one out of that, but he's also the best of the three. So it's very... I, they also got your boy Victor listed as a forward, not as a forward center, not as a center, but as just a forward. Yeah, is that which, just a pop not caring what we, information I give you right now? Or is that just a thing you think he's going to be out there guarding wings in the league too? That is a, we saw that young man in summer league at no, and if he is ever put in a position where he has to actually guard someone like Rudy Gobert, he will make Rudy Gobert look like Akeem Olajuwon. So no, <laughs> under no circumstance can that happen. No, 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 no. Keep him, keep him on the perimeter. Keep him guarding the cat, the, the cats of the world, the Carl Anthony Towns, and we'll be fine. Hmm. That's fair. That's all very fair. Uh, yeah. We'll stick to home for me. The Atlanta Hawks re-signed your boy, uh, four hundred and twenty yes. for Dejounte. Good money. And after I think it's four years of no shit rumors about moving Johns Collins, they move him for literal fractions of pennies on the dollar. Uh, they're below the apron, below luxury tax. It gives them a large trade exception through next season, through next July, I believe. But, like, I I do think the Quinn Snyder things are going to be, within a full offseason, going to be a better fit. But I feel like I was saying this about the Hawks three years ago. So what, outside looking in, as someone that, when I first, like, when John Collins started popping up, I was like, oh, he's, yes, that's what, he would look great in the San Antonio Spurs uniform. We should move some mm. of our assets to get him. What happened with John Collins? So at first they were going to play a certain way. And right. John Collins was going to be this up-tempo wing, kind of the way you want to see him used. Yeah. Around the time they got Trey, the plan changed. Because Trey as a talent fits better with a Quinn Capella. And there were times when the pace would get picked up and they could let Collins do what he did best in transition. Defensively, he was hot and cold. Yeah. I think that a lot of I think that a lot of the treading water of the last four years was we're gonna talk about the Warriors later, but an indecision of well, John Collins, John John Collins was supposed to be the first building block until we got Trey Young. Mm, okay. And now he's in in Utah. Yeah. Okay. I get it. That's unfortunate. And, and super unfortunate. I think that, but I also think that once you decided that we're going to reinvest in DeJounte Murray, then the deal had to be like the, the things, the options, the rumored deals that they've left on the table over the last four years pale in comparison to what they got. Like what they got is nothing compared to that. Right. So how, how do Hawks fans feel about DeJounte? Like I, I know Spurs fans are very divided on DeJounte. Um, That's a fair place to be. That's an e I understand that entirely. I, um, I understand it, but I completely disagree. The San Antonio fans have that New England thing about them where like <laughs> anything that isn't that can't be interpreted as criticism is slander. Because like if you listen to everything DeJounte has ever said about the Spurs, one, he's not telling a lie, and two, he doesn't. It's never from a place of malice. It's always from a place right. of, hey, they did these things to me to help make me a better player. 
and just the way I hear other Spurs talk about DeJounte, like, there's no bad blood here. You guys are just upset for reasons. I never got that. But how do the Hawks feel about DeJounte? I should say it's your, been your, one your year. fan base. I think, I'm not going to speak for the fan base. I'm not the fan base. It's been a year. I think that the your turn, my turn of it all wasn't a good fit for anyone. Yeah. And I think that, honestly, a full year in Quinn Snyder's system is going to be good for everyone. And so there are other places on that team that need correction before. Like, DeAndre Hunter, you got to shoot more. Like, the ball's got to get up yeah. more. Like, yeah. or, like, there's other things before I start getting to the DJ or Trey of it all, questions that I've got about this team. That's fair. That remain open after John Collins um, <laughs> left for nothing. Uh, all right, so now we're going to talk about some things that I found interesting around the NBA. Um, you're a great NBA guy, so you're going to be able to talk about everything I talked about. One thing we will not be talking about is Zion Williams' Twitter behavior. Just hair. Just anyway. The first team, we're going to start out West. And I got to ask you, given what we saw at the playoffs and down the stretch and kind of what I think this team might be with Ty Lue as a coach, they lost Eric Gordon. They did get KJ Martin, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George coming back, Mason Plumlee, Russell Westbrook. Clippers? It took them six years, but they actually have a center on the roster. They finally have a center on the roster. It took them a while to get there. Um, That being said, the fact that they've been able to do this without an actual, like, without a team that's been properly constructed is terrifying. So now that they have the semblance of a properly constructed team with competence at the helm, and again, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, that should scare people, right? Like, what's happened to the Clippers is they get in their own way. And like, each time they've slipped up, it's because the way that team is built was never built to last. It was always built to maximize Kawhi and Paul George, but not like a team. Mm -hmm. So now they're built like a team. If they don't trip over themselves again, yeah, they're going to be very competitive. So, a little bit different question, I guess. Both these players are up for extensions next summer. Both these players will be tough to fit under the brand new CBA. Is this the last ride of the Clippers? This is where Steve Ballmer tries to figure out, okay, so, this luxury tax. How high <laughs> over it can I go? Like, is this just an in theory thing? Because if I got to pay it, I'll pay it. Like, that's that's not the that, – that's the kind of guy Steve Ballmer strikes me as. He strikes me as, that's oh, true. that's the cost of doing business? Yeah, I'll pay that. Whatever. But then you look at old buddy in uh, like the Mets, you know, like, he tried <laughs> that shit. Should have seen an expensive way to be a loser. But, but hey, what do, all the, what do all these rich guys have in common? They do not learn from the mistakes of their peers. They say, you messed up. That doesn't mean I'm going to mess up. Like, throwing your money at the Mets is like, why don't you just light it on fire? They're the Mets. It's cursed forever. Also, we just talked about the Clippers. Anyway, let's talk about a Western Conference team that's at least once been out of the second round. One time. Out of the entire existence of the team. It's been out there a lot more. I'm talking about the Warriors. Look, let's talk about departures before we're talking about the addition. And I just want to make sure everyone's up to speed on what happened here. Draymond Green, sucker punch, Jordan. No. Jordan Poole made a bunch of money. 
Draymond Green sucker punched Jordan Poole. We've had reports of what he may or may not have said. I personally believe Cameron. Something I've been saying since 2001. I believe Cameron. But see the here nor there. Whatever he said, it got him hit by Draymond Green. Draymond Green then podcasted about it. Draymond Green then avoided suspension about it. Jordan Poole had a bad year. They shipped Jordan Poole to the Wizards where I've never seen a sadder man in a promo photo. Like photos taken expressly to be like, welcome to your team, Jordan. That man looks like he's on the green fucking mile. That man got all this happens and Draymond got more money out of it. Look, is that semi accurate? That is 100% accurate. Okay. Jordan Poole's pictures look like he got to U Street and realized, oh, this ain't what it was. This ain't what it was before. There's a Whole Foods here. There's a. This is not what I was. He did not get a lineup for his pictures. <laughs> I know the Wizards have barbers on staff for these things. Like they have someone on staff to make sure that you're looking nice. I'm good. I'm straight. I'm good. Uh. I think the wildest part of that story, though, is Draymond avoiding suspension. That's the wildest part of this story to me. I believe the entire crux of the story, because if you suspend him, then at least you send a message to the locker room that, yes, we're contending now, but we're not going to forego the future. Shipping Jordan Poole out like that said, fuck your future. Here's Chris (laughs) Paul. (laughs) Which, if this was NBA 2K, that would be amazing. Right? Like, if this was just zeros and ones, looking at on paper, oh, yeah, that's a great choice. These are human beings. You just put Steph you put Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Chris Paul in a locker room together and expect them to share a basketball. Justin, oh, buddy. Draymond hit him with the, I still don't like that nigga. Like, he couldn't fake it. Nobody does. Like, the wildest thing about this, nobody, like, everybody respects Chris Paul. Nobody likes Chris Paul. I think, I think respect trainers left the stage. Respect his abilities as a basketball player. I'll put it that way. May not, maybe not as a human being. Okay, Respected. that's fair. That's fair. But nobody likes Chris Paul. Nobody likes Chris Paul. Like, may, maybe Bron and Mello because they all hang out, Bron I guess. Bron and Mello because he's little brother with them. <laughs> but no one else. No one, you, Devin Booker doesn't like Chris Paul. DeAndre Ayton. The greatest NBA podcaster of all time hates Chris Paul. Yo, I'm like, what did you do to make them so Dog, mad? And they've all got an answer. They'll tell you the moment. They're like, oh, yeah, I don't fuck with him no more after that. Like, really? What happened? And they'll tell you a specific Chris Paul story. And, it always and like, it's that's different. How gets, that's how he gets down. Like, that, that's and it's a different is. moment for every person. Like, It's and not like their individual specific reason for disliking this nigga. And it. It's the wildest thing. So yeah, good luck. Good and luck. now he's a warrior, dog. Oh, and he's you gotta gonna... catch like you're you're gonna back up step to like when people can't go at Seth, they're gonna go at you. Like you're not just getting Chris Paul smoke. You're getting the I am not allowed to go at Seth this way smoke. Yeah, I'm gonna love this Warrior season. He's gonna over jump under up and... on when Draymond hits Chris Paul because <laughs> yes. you know yes. he's gonna be doing Chris Paul shit in practice. He's going to jump up and do that short man yell at him 
one time. Talk, he's gonna yell. He's gonna yell at Draymond, and y'all better keep running them cameras. If y'all got Draymond getting uh, sucker punching Jordan Poole, I'm gonna need a weekly supercut. The most entertaining locker room in college football is the Texas A&M coaches room. In the NBA, it's this locker room. How did I forget about what's happened to get Texas A&M? Oh, my God. It's Bobby Petrino going to call the plays. Yes. Oh, I love yes. you. I love you for asking that question, reporters. God bless local local media. Um, staying in the West. This is a team that when they made these moves last season, everyone's like, oh, cancel Christmas. It's a wrap. But then it became abundantly clear that they may not have the depth for it. I'm talking, of course, about the Phoenix Suns acquisition of uh, – KD, it's a big deal. The the acquisition of Bradley Beal, it's a big deal because he gets to go there and not have to be Bradley Beal. He gets to be the third guy. Big deal. They made some some minimum veteran signings. Bull Bull, Eric Gordon. But Frank Vogel won that title in L.A. on the strength of buy-in defensively. Devin Booker may have it in him. Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal do not in the year 2023. Not only are they all defensive liabilities, they got worse from a depth perspective. Yeah, very thin. They they are going to miss campaign, and I mean that with 100% sincerity. They are going to miss that young man. Okay, so if you remove, like, the conspiracy horse shit, how is this not the Nets? <laughs> that just didn't work. Down to a man, right? Like, remove personality like, just from a basketball perspective. Yeah. Book, Booker Kyrie, B.O. Harden, Katie Katie. Durant, Durant. <laughs> yeah, Durant, Durant. Um, Playing the role of Kevin Durant. All of the same problems that existed with that Nets team exist Correct. here. Correct. Except the ceiling's lower because the the injury propensity is higher for KD. The injury propensity is higher, and they have to go through Denver. So good luck with that. Funnily enough, Denver is not one of the four teams I'm most interested in. I think that they built a machine that's a little bit horrifying. Yeah, like they... They just did the, they did the exact same thing. Like they they kept all the pieces together. Jamal Murray is going to be terrifying. Jokic is a cyborg. So yeah, good luck everybody. They lost Jeff Green. What year do you think it is, sir? <laughs> um, I want to talk about the Lakers. Not just because they're a marquee team. Not just because of all things that happened last week with LeBron and his son. Thank God he's okay. But. Like, I'm not a Rob Polinka guy. I was like, oh, Kobe's agent gets the job as the GM. Shocking hoomst. But, like, this offseason, he kind of did some things here. They kept Austin Reeves, Rui, and D'Angelo Russell. I thought they'd lose all three of them, honestly. Um, and then they added Gabe Vincent and Torian Prince. And say what you about Gabe Vincent, like, playing above himself in that system in Miami – He's going to give you scrap. He's going to give you defense. He's going to give you that grit and grind that you need around LeBron and AD. And um, that can honestly, when D'Angelo Russell's having one of those days, you can just yeah. throw Gabe out there. And at least, at least it's not going to get worse. Right. They also, 
they also added Jared Vanderbilt. And I think that's going to matter. Like from a depth perspective, that's mm-hmm. going to matter. Um, mm-hmm. But no, you're you're a hundred percent right about Gabe Vincent. Like they don't need him to be an offensive force. They need him to nope. be a stabilizing force. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if you can just hold it together, any offense you give us, that's a bonus. But really, you're here to make sure shit doesn't get out of hand. And you've seen that once he's comfortable in the system, Gabe Vincent can find ways to contribute. Yes. But you're not going to be depending on him like the Heat were in the finals. Exactly. It's the best use for the player. Yeah. So the Lake the Lakers put together a very interesting team. I that team is still dependent upon LeBron, right? Like he's not their best player anymore, but they need LeBron. And so I think some I, of these signings were designed to make them need him less. Like. Yeah, having a having guards you can trust, like Austin Reeves, uh, emerging as to what he was, was a huge uh, benefit to LeBron. Yes, right. J- just having players that can take the that can eliminate the need for him to play forty eight minutes in a game four. Mm-hmm. God, oh, and that that's where this really matters. So. Mm-hmm. The Lakers, their goal isn't to win the West. I don't think their goal is even to win their division. Their goal is to get in the three to six seed range. And once they're in the playoffs, it's like, cool, we're in here. We have LeBron, we have AD, and we have a lot of really good role players. Let's make something happen. And that's going to terrify a lot. Outside of Denver, that should terrify whoever they run up against. I love the fact that they keep getting younger around him and you end up with kids who like revere LeBron James yes. playing with LeBron James. Like, Oh no, you understand. They're playing for their hero. Like you, this is uh, you guys are, it's no, a that, level that, thing. That's inc- like this. It is the inverse of the AI crossing Jordan moment. It is mm-hmm. the inverse of that. So that is, that is really cool. like when the, when, when old buddy from the Grizzly popped off and Dylan Brooks is talking like, the young bucks and the Lakers, like you don't talk about our vet like that. Like it was like, what? He's not even down his house of guys. It's LeBron James. I, that's an angle I hadn't even considered from that. They were he, he was he was directly the their he hero. It, the second he went at LeBron, that was the uh, uh, the Austin Reeves I'm him game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they right. love this dude. Like imagine if Jordan were likable. <laughs> How hard were his teammates to play for? Yeah. Let's go to the East. Let's talk about this team that has led the headlines but hasn't actually accomplished a lot. They did lose Mike Struess. They did lose Gabe Vincent. But all eyes are on Miami. The commissioner sends them letters. Dame Lillard wants to be in Miami. Miami wants to have Dame Lillard. The Blazers GM is in over his head. I think he's actually said that. He's going to end up in Miami. Like, I think that, that we all need to accept that. The, however you feel about the structure of power in the NBA or who wields it and how they wield it, and however you feel, he's going to end up in Miami. The question now is when? During the draft, because I actually watched the draft. I, I had my Ooh. little guy with me. Uh, but I looked at Tiff and I said, if Damian Lillard has not been traded, by the time they draft Scoot Henderson, <laughs> this is going to get ugly for all parties involved. The saddest he, part is that, like, Dame's such a nice guy that his version of ugly is, like, doing an, an Instagram live listening to Welcome to Miami. 
Like, Dave, damn it. I need you to be like doing salsa dancing to pepas. I need reggaeton in your in your Instagram stories. I need you to send a fucking message. And like, I was joking about this on the NFL podcast, which drops tomorrow. Like, if you want to make it messy, let's make it messy. Like NBA players, they'll show up and make your shit just ruin your team, so you have to trade them. I wanted yeah. to see Saquon Barkley show up and like walk through drills. Like, I wanted to see an NFL equivalent of that. You can't do it in the NFL because if you do it half speed, you get hurt. But like. I worry that Dame's that, that even the Trailblazers just know that Dame's too nice to really get ugly to go full James Harden on his way out. We're talking about the Sixers next, I promise. But I think that that's a real concern. We've got you've got to push them, Dame. And I know you got your roots there, and the people feel a certain way. But this isn't the '90s. They, the sports writer, the columnist, isn't going to convince them to hate you. You can leave. You can make a stink, and everyone they think they'll know what it is. Yeah. Dame can't – I think Dwight Howard kind of ruined that for Dame. And here's what I mean by that. Dwight Howard tried to nice guy his way out, but because he was so passive-aggressive, slimy about it, right, that's when folks turned on him. I feel like Dame saw that and said, oh, I don't want them to turn on me like that. I actually like these people. Like, I actually care about these people. I don't, I don't want to make them dislike me. But honestly, Dame, if what they have done for you for the last 10 years is considered help, I feel like you're well within your rights to say, nah, just get me out of here. I'm the not showing up. The fans get it, dog. Like, they can see. Like, they, they have eyes, right? Th- this is no shade to CJ McCollum. But that was the best player they got to help him out. I do feel bad every time I tell him, look, what about CJ McCollum? And then y'all make me say mean things about CJ McCollum. Like, he, he is a fine <laughs> basketball player. He's a he, good basketball He's a great NBA player, man. Yeah. He He's not a he's not a. Dame he's the third though. guy on a contending team. Not a championship team. A contending team. A conversation yeah. team. There hasn't been a second guy. Yo, every time they did something right, it's because Dame played out of his eyes. Yeah. And there are questions to be had about – the longevity of the way the player plays, the way Dame plays in today's NBA, we don't we, we don't really have a test case because the NBA has changed so much. We don't know when it's going to fall off. We do know that with guards that size, it's not a trickle off. It's an abrupt stop. So it, it is a cliff. It's a cliff. And the Trailblazers have to know that. And their GM has to know that, despite the fact that he probably maybe definitely is in over his head doing this job. Joe Cronin, figure it out, son. Uh, let's go to Philadelphia next. hey man we said this earlier this summer but like firing doc rivers for losing the second round with a second round roster and he is king second round that tiger just went tiger and y'all got mad about it they fired doc rivers because they had to fire somebody and he was just they the got, easiest person they, to let they, go. Yo, his performance review is meets expectations. Yep. Like that's and that yo, I'm not saying this is under argument for Dr. Rivers to keep his job. You can argue to fire any of these motherfuckers any of the time. I can I can Yes, it's easy to do. Did they fire uh Bud? <laughs> they fired Bud. <laughs> they fired right? Bud. Yes. 
Who's coaching Milwaukee? I have no idea. Sorry. I just had a moment where I thought <laughs> Coach Bud had a job. They Okay. Speaking <laughs> of you can fire anyone at any time, he won a championship, and at the parade, they had fire Mike Budenholzer signs. Front they were going to fire him that playoff run if he had won the title. Yes. Adrian Griffith. Uh-oh. Anyway, the, the, the Bucks aren't one of my four teams. Um, let's stick with the team I was talking about, the Sixers. They fired a second-round roster, a second-round coach for achieving the second round. They brought in Nick Nurse. They kept Tyrese Maxey. It looks like James Harden's going to be a Sixer. And speaking of stinking things up to get out of a place, he's going oh, to Houston, buddy. right? Oh, buddy. He's going to Houston, right? He's going to Houston. I don't know why Houston wants that to happen. If I was Houston, I would want James Harden as far away from my young core as humanly possible. Uh, but hey. Hi, hi. My name is no, is Tillman Fertitta. I've lost a lot of money with restaurants and cruise ships. And I'll tell you what James Harden does. He fills up this motherfucker. Cheeks in the seats, baby. So, Cheeks in what? the seats. Guess what? This balance sheet says, welcome home, James. You right. You are absolutely right, because it's still a when business, baby. You can't figure it out. Watch the owners' pockets, because those angels will become abundantly clear. Oh man, um, here's what Philly really needs to be worried about. When does Joel Embiid get sick of this? Ain't he sick? I'd be sick. I'm, I'm, I don't even like the Sixers. I'm sick of this shit. Like, at what point, because I think it happens this year, does Joel Embiid just look around and say, all right, man, it can't be this. Get me out of here. Well, he gave some quotes in this offseason. I don't have them in front of me where he was like, I want to win no matter where it is. And people blew it up. Uh -oh. Like, oh. And, of course, the Knicks fans were like, he's talking about us. No one's ever talking about you. Um, Yeah, like, he's got, like, there's a limit to how much a motherfucker will take. And, like, when you told him that losing was the plan – there had to be a step two because he hadn't look, you know, the one thing Joel Embiid hasn't done as an MVP that every other MVP has done been out, been to a conference final. He's one of one who've ever done that in the NBA. All because they didn't want to give Jokic three in a row. Well, yes, but it still happened. <laughs> We're here now. I got that stat until he does it. I can throw that stat at him until he does it. And I guess, spoilers, I intend to. I, as long as he's in Philadelphia, I don't see it happening. It's Especially, especially with Nick Nurse. What makes anyone think that Nick Nurse is qualified to lead this group? Nick Nurse. This is my favorite one in the world. Is where you think, say things like Nick Nurse has a ring. Nick Nurse has a ring because Kawhi Leonard decided to play in Canada. It's like saying uh, Bobby Petrino's a genius. Bobby Petrino's a genius because he gave the ball to Lamar Jackson to play against Syracuse. That made me look like a fucking genius. I could have been that genius. You could have been that genius. Nick Nurse. I, Nick Nurse is a fine coach. But keep Nick in mind, before Kawhi got there, they were on that fire, Nick Nurse. Why we hire this guy from the G League? Mm hmm. It's amazing how smart talent can make you. Sean McVay looked like a genius before top girlie's knees stopped working. Not that smart anymore, are you, Sean? Same idea here. I'm sure. And the thing is, 
he earns like the, you look at that roster that they were left with post Kawhi and like the fact that they were able to contend and they were able to make playoff runs that he did maximize talent on that roster. Is he the right fit for Kawhi or for excuse me Joel Embiid? I hope that the uh, the front office knows better than I do because I don't personally see it. Yeah. But then the question becomes, what coach reaches Joel Embiid? And that, my friends, is a true conundrum. Oh, I. I have I know the coach that gets through to Joel Embiid. It is ironically the coach that would never want Joel Embiid. Who are we talking about? Thibodeau. Let's talk about his team. Look, <laughs> I I refer to this current outsized reaction to losing in the Eastern Conference semifinals as fanflation. Um and the cooling effects will be directly applied this season. Oh, yeah. Happened for Dante DiVincenzo, and people are telling you it's an upgrade because now you got another Villanova guy. Sirs and ma'ams, what are we doing here? If you want to tell me that the Eagles defense is going to be nasty because they drafted all them Georgia defenders, that shit makes sense. Georgia defense was some record-breaking motherfuckers. Just dudes from Villanova cannot be the same checkbox. We have to be honest about the Knicks. They overachieved last season. They overachieved. And then they got worse. Mm -hmm. Because, and I like Dante DiVincento, Obi Toppin mattered on that team in ways that don't show up in a box score. And now he's gone, and they're... they're really going to miss having a body that versatile on the perimeter that can get down low. Cause they don't have that on the team. And Julius Randall. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure guys. That that'll work, I guess. Um, so no, the, the, the Knicks definitely overachieved. I definitely think Cleveland, how they is, that Cleveland series should not have happened. No. But that was a team, that was one team that had been there, one team that just hadn't. Yeah. I think that was just like a, that was a more typical NBA case of, all right, lose the first time, learn, come back. Learn, come right. back. Like the the ones where we see, oh, a team makes the finals in the first run together, that's a weird thing. This is typical in NBA history, Cleveland. I think they're going to be better than the, uh, they weren't one of my four teams, but I love what they've done there. I love the commitment they've made. Um, and hopefully Donald Mitchell extends, gets that storyline out of the way early, and they can just come and focus on being the best team they can be. Yeah, I'm, I'm still super high on Evan Mobley. Like, disappointing mm-hmm. series aside, I am super high on Evan. Because I've, I've, seen, I've seen what it could be. But back to the Knicks. Yeah, um, if they make the playoffs this year, that is meets expectations. And if... Anything after that, if they win a playoff series, you have exceeded expectations because this team. Okay, so let's do this one. How does Tibbs get fired? Because he doesn't. Oh, that's he doesn't. the thing is that like we've lowered the bar to meet, make the playoffs, and he plays his players too hard in the regular season not to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are in, perfect job for him. They are officially in limbo because they're always oh, going no. to be that good. But it's a better limbo than they've been in, and that. My friends, it's fanflation. Let's talk lastly about possibly the best team in the East. 
before the offseason? And then they sold their soul for Christoph Porzingis and gave a guy who can't dribble left-handed more money than anyone's ever been given. And now I'm like, what are we doing about Boston? Because Jalen Brown get the money, yes, it's not going to fuck up the locker room as much as it could. But how do I say this gently? His running buddy is extremely light-skinned. And I'm afraid that Jalen Brown getting paid like that. The biggest problem with the Celtics is they didn't have a point guard. They still don't have a goddamn point guard. And I am furious. So just like the Clippers spent half a decade without an actual center on the roster, when was the last time the Celtics had a point guard on the roster? Isaiah Thomas. Got a problem right there. Jalen yeah. Brown cannot be trusted to handle the ball. Oh, you, you know going to be this year. Oh, my God. You no, do not want Jason Tatum operating your offense. That yeah, is but not the thing his is Jason specialty. Tatum, Jason Tatum could handle run your offense, but that's not the best use of Jason Tatum. It, Jason Tatum is best off-ball creating shots. That is, where Jason Tatum, that is where Jason Tatum operates at. Like that, that's where you're getting the maximum value out of Jason Tatum. If they have him running that offense this year, oh, buddy, this is going to end horribly for everyone involved. Can I list the point guards on their roster? Go for it. Malcolm Brogdon. He's still on that team, isn't he? Malcolm Brogdon's making $22 million a year. <laughs> um get paid young man get paid that's absurd uh sorry um the other guards are Derek white and the last guard is uh gonna be local legend peyton pritchard when Derek white was with san antonio the only times we allowed him to bring the ball up is when Dejounte, patty mills or who was the other? It wasn't Romeo. It was, it was before Romeo Langford got there. But Derek White was only allowed to bring the ball, like to run the offense when all of our other point guards were out. Under but no he was so more capable than Marcus Smart at doing it that, like, he shined in comparison. Yes. Whereas I think if you roll him at the one, if you roll him out there as the one in week in game one this year, they're gonna t- like that's ah oh, man, I don't I don't love it personally. And I hate the fact that I can. We're sitting here at the end of July, and I feel confident in saying, I know what the problem is going to be with the Celtics team again. Yep. Joe Mazzulla, do you think you know better than Greg Popovich? That's, that's what this is going to come down to. Do you, Joe Mazzulla, do you think you know better than Greg Popovich? Because if we see Derek White out there at the one to start, it's like, oh, okay, you think you know better than Greg Popovich. This season's going to it's- go horribly. This is why I don't like talking about basketball with you, because you're able to take that high ground of, would my coach do this at all points? It's the reason, honestly, I've enjoyed talking college football with you more these days, because <laughs> you can't do that. Like, for any of, like, your last, like, seven coaches. Like, you oh, can't I, do that. I can do the opposite. Is this a decision <laughs> Will Muschamp would make? <laughs> if exactly yes, then you should probably. <laughs> the you only... Mean- Defensive coordinator of the University of Georgia Bulldogs, Will Muschamp. Also yeah. father of our fourth-string quarterback, Will Muschamp. Wait, seriously? Yeah, there's Muschamp on roster. Huh. 
did not know that he had a this this is his youngest son right it's so funny story the camp i used to go to and work at his mom was our our, our front desk lady so miss muschamp yeah. i've known miss champ my entire life and her kids went to camp with us and we knew we knew will we knew everybody i think this has got to be his youngest doing math in my head this has got to be the youngest muschamp because like he's got he's got one kid around our age right he's got i think he's two, got three yeah he's got he's got one that's around like my little brother's age i did not know there was another muschamp that makes me feel old it, it, and as if it's the last muschamp it makes you feel super old Justin, man, tell everyone where they can find you. You're going to be back on this season. We're going to talk NBA. I'm excited. We're going to talk college football because I got to raise a son who's supposed to be a pessimist Georgia fan. However, he's going to be born at the tail end of three national titles. So, like, I don't know what to do here. We'll we'll work work with you with this season. You you haven't had those problems with your son um, as a Florida fan. You haven't had these issues come up yet. I just I I would like for him to know what an SEC title looks like. I mean, he got to see one, see it played, because uh, this is who we are now. We we are we are a seven win school, a seven win school that can't afford a four star quarterback. <laughs> Yo, but, but a child calling you broken public was the meanest thing that's happened to Florida football in like twenty years. What? It, and just the indignation how dare we're not going to pay this child that much i'm like if that is the going rate for a quarterback then you have two choices you can be principled or you could be good at football which one is it boosters and only I thought one we- of them is going to get you made fun of <laughs> and it's not the one you think principled wrong they that child called us broken thing i think it was the next day kirby smart showed up at some high school with a helicopter well yeah he booked that shit as soon as he called him broke. <laughs> Get my chopper guy. Sir, it's going to take a three-week notice. Get the chopper guy. And there it was. It made it happen. It made it happen. All right, man. We're going to have you on this season. Tell everyone where they can find you. I get if Is Twitter alive still? Blue Sky it, exists, I think. So he, the funniest thing about Twitter is the fact that it has been rebranded, but nobody's using the new brand name. It is still Twitter. All the actions are still tweets and retweets. He he has completely rebranded everything, but no one is latching on to his branding. Do, do you realize that that in the dictionary to tweet is a sound a bird makes, but also to send a message through Twitter? Like he's yes. destroying so much brand recognition for something that he may not be. They just had him take the sign down, like as we were talking. They made him take the sign down. Yes, because his land the the landlord was like, "Hey man, stop that." Ridiculous. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter.com because it's still Twitter.com. Uh, LJ90. Ah. You can find me uh, as a guest on ADD Space, uh, guesting other various podcasts. And yeah, that's it. Stop by. Say hi. I'm going to be bugging him to be on this podcast a bunch this fall. Um, yes. As, as I also, as as new other Palmer also enters our lives. Uh, all right, guys. So that's day three. Thank you guys for hanging out all week. Podcast week is so much fun. We're almost wrapping up. Tomorrow we've got NFL football with Nada. And then Friday, I haven't recorded or booked it yet, but we're going to find someone to talk about SummerSlam with and all things professional wrestling. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys tomorrow.